Why do you think we so easily drift from the gospel? Why do we so easily lapse into self-effort? This is Wednesday, September 20th. You know, the gospel is such good news. We would wonder, why would we wander away from God's love? In Paul's letter to the Galatians this week, that's where we've been studying. And in the first chapter, this letter stands out from all the others of Paul. And it's because he doesn't commend the church there. He does that with almost every other church. There's no encouragement, as we hear in his other letters. Usually he opens his letters with a personal introduction and sometimes with a prayer for the church, but he almost always says something positive to commend the church. For example, to the church in Colossae, he says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from hope stored up for you in heaven, about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. That's Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. Now we hear none of this kind of encouragement in the letter to the Galatians. Instead, this is how Paul begins. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. In truth, Paul is baffled by the church in Galatia. Why? Well, when they first came to faith in Jesus, there was a joy and a celebration of all that they had received in him. But then something happened to turn their attention from Christ to themselves and to their progress in the law. The joy quickly drained away. The freedom was gone. Paul was shocked. Why would they do that? How did this happen? Now, these are good questions for us because we too easily wander for the gospel, from the gospel of grace. It's as if the gospel is slippery, slippery, and we just cannot hold on to it. We easily lapse into self-effort. I've seen it many times. A person new to the faith is floating on a current of peace with God and joy in their newly discovered status as a child of God. Then, before you know it, the joy is gone. Recently, I began reading the book entitled Extra Nos by the rapper artist whose name is Flame. Flame came to faith early and, in, and he grew up in the church. All he heard about was the constant call to self-improvement. Here's what he said ultimately happened to him. One day after a Sunday church gathering, I broke on the inside. I remember the sermon was about more, more affections, more right desires, more internal examination. I came home and sat on the staircase in my living room, simply hung my head low. I can't do this anymore, I whispered to myself. I was tired. I was trying and trying, working and working, putting myself in a position to do more. Yet the sermon that day was the death blow. I remember thinking to myself, and lightweight praying to God, saying, Lord, I don't know if I can be a Christian anymore. I just can't give you what you want. But the question we might ask, Flame, what is it that God wants? The truth is, 
He wants us to rest in the gospel, to remember that we are loved and trust what Jesus has done for us. Yes, it can be that in church, we're pushed even more towards self-effort because we're supposed to be getting our lives together. We should be doing better. We should see progress. Yes, in church, we can be shooted to death. At this point, Flame said, enough is enough. He felt like a failure, and he, he, and he just couldn't present himself to God as new and improved. But that's not the goal at all. Actually, we may go through seasons when we're doing worse, because as the truth of our lives is brought more and more into the light, sometimes we're drawn back into what we were pulled out of. The victory is not ours, but only in Christ. One of my spiritual heroes is Brennan Manning. He is with Jesus in glory now, but he wrestled with addiction to alcohol nearly all of his adult life. You might think that discovering grace would cure everything for him, but no. Much of his struggles with alcohol cascaded into all the other areas of his life, into his marriage too. His hope was not in being able to pull himself together because Sometimes, frankly, he could not. His hope was in Jesus who died for him. Most days he didn't look rescued at all, but he was because it depended not on his ability to stay on the wagon, but on what Jesus did for him. Now, those folks in Galatia were wooed away from grace by some Jewish believers who told them that Jesus came along so that they could better obey the law. And now it was time to get to it. But in the process, they'd been sold a bill of goods, and it distracted them from trusting in what Jesus had already done for for them. That's why Paul is astonished and frankly angry. They heard the message Paul preached about Jesus, and now they had listened to a gospel that was really no gospel at all. They were being told they had to do the life themselves. This was just not true. What's worse is that it distracted them from the source of life, from Jesus himself. You know, the gospel is pretty simple, really, and that may be part of the problem. We think it has to be difficult. Grace is too easy to be true. That's what we're tempted to think. But we'd be wrong. God has made it easy for us. Actually, he made it scot-free because we might have it, we could have it no other way. And that's where we need to stay, resting in what Jesus has done and not adding a thing. Let's pray. Father God, God of all grace, we'd run almost anywhere but to you. We try almost anything if it would keep us from having to call out to you. Help us to rejoice in your faithful love, your grace and your patience with us. We're prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. We pray that you will keep us secure in your care because of Jesus. For in his name we pray. 